American Bloomsbury, Louisa May Alcott, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Margaret Fuller, Nathaniel Hawthorne, and Henry David Thoreau, Their Lives, Their Loves, Their Work. By Susan Cheever. Narrated by Kate Redding. Copyright 2006 by Susan Cheever. This unabridged audiobook is published by arrangement with Susan Cheever and Inkwell Management and was produced in the year 2006 by Tantor Media Incorporated, which holds the copyright thereto. Dedication For my children who shared in this great adventure. I think we escape something by living in the villages. In Concord here there is some milk of life. We are not so raving distracted with wind and dyspepsia. The mania takes a milder form. People go a-fishing and know the taste of their meat. They cut their own whippletree in the woodlot. They know something practically of the sun and the east wind, of the underpinning and the roofing of the house, of the pan and the mixture of the soils. Journals of Ralph Waldo Emerson There is always room and occasion enough for a true book on any subject, as there is room for more light on the brightest day, and more rays will not interfere with the first. The Journal of Henry David Thoreau A Note to the Reader This book follows the lives of five principal characters and dozens of their friends and family members over a period of about twenty-five years from 1840 to 1868. A few final scenes take place in the 1870s and 1880s. I have tried to find a structure that follows the story chronologically, and which also gives each character a chance to experience almost every event in the narrative. The result is a series of overlapping scenes in which some incidents are repeated, sometimes more than once. An important turning point will be seen through Hawthorne's eyes, and then through Emerson's or Louisa May Alcott's, before it is finally completely described. Each section of two to three chapters focuses on one character, and each character is at the center of the narrative four times during the book. By this method I have tried to honor the characters, their lives, and their intimate connections with each other. Preface In January 2000, my agent was asked to find a writer for an introduction to a new edition of Little Women. By chance I happened to call her about something else a few minutes later. She asked if I would like to do it. Sure, I said. I thought of Little Women as one of those books I had read a long time ago that was excellent back then. It was a book that elicited a sigh of recognition from me when it came up in conversation, but which I actually did not remember very clearly. I had seen the movie. I knew very little about Louisa May Alcott, although I had faded memories of a dreary, obligatory childhood visit to the Alcott House in Concord, Massachusetts. The book amazed me. Far from being the string of bromides I dimly recalled, it was an elegantly written family story of great poignance and skill. Alcott's voice reached out through the century and a half since she had written, creating suspense even when I knew what was going to happen, drawing characters that seemed to come alive on the page, writing scenes of a texture and sensual detail that made them seem more real than the room where I read. Her prose style, clear and slightly, gently ironic, captivated me. I began to read about her, racing through Martha Saxton's and Madeline Stern's biographies. 
The woman was even more interesting than her writing. I was delighted to discover that Laurie, the boy next door in Little Women, was probably based on Henry David Thoreau, on whom Louisa had a crush. Or was it Ralph Waldo Emerson, who actually lived next door to the Alcotts? The March girl's beloved absent father was Bronson Alcott, one of the founders of alternative education. The book I had vaguely loved as a girl reading about girls was actually a rich portrait of American writers at a specific moment in history. Soon I was immersed in reading about the group of men and women who came to be called transcendentalists, discovering more and more coincidences of greatness being the result of proximity to greatness. I remembered F. O. Matheson's bold statement that all of American literature had been written between 1850 and 1855. What I hadn't realized is that most of it was written in the same cluster of three houses.